We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. It never looks right here, but I promise you when I get on and I do the editing, it just lines right up. It's perfect. All right. Welcome to episode 10 of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. I am Dustin Redazel, and joining me is a man who's been to Canada probably more than once. It's Tommy Cooksey. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Canada many times, in fact, probably more times than... You know, it's one of those weird places. I don't know, you know, for for uh, for the job we were talking about before we all got together. Remember, they used to airdrop us because the Canadian tax season is delayed by like three weeks. So they would airdrop us in the middle of winter to the coldest part of North America and be like, eh, now I'll go sell this software. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing better than being a 24-year-old salesman in... Montreal in February it just yeah. just trying to make it work dude I uh real real quick aside I made that trip I was broke I had no money and I didn't have the $50 to pay for the safety deposit on my hotel room wow and so it's negative 20 in Montreal and this hotel is like no safety deposit. I'm like, but I already paid for the room online. Yeah. <laughs> you got to let me in. Yeah. They actually got the manager, like the front desk person had the manager come out. And like, I told him the sob story. He's like, you promise you're not going to wreck anything. It's like, man, yeah. I, am, I will barely move the sheets. If that uh, yeah, I'll sleep indoors. on top of the sheets. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, um, so I went there. I went to actually Edmonton, which if you'd asked me before I traveled there, I would be like, I don't know where Edmonton really is. But but it's basically like North Dakota of Canada. <laughs> like It's it's yeah. as far north as you can get before there's just oil fields. And um, the temperature on the coldest day I was there was like minus 40. Um, so there was that. And there was another time where me and Pittman went and we were routed from rdu to seattle flight got delayed we went seattle to vancouver and we got stuck in vancouver and it happened to be when like the 20 what was it the 2010 winter olympics were going on mm. and uh so we're walking around olympic village and they lost my luggage so i'm wearing matt Pittman's jacket and we're the same height but his shoulders are at least two adult sizes broader than mine. <laughs> so I'm walking around with this oversized jacket on. Anyway, well, yeah, can- Canada, there's nothing man. Better than, there's nothing better than trying to sell software to men that are twice your age with twice your business experience and wearing a jacket that literally looks like it belongs to your dad. Not to mention I had on a pair of uh, red Stefan, J- uh, Stefan Janowski skate shoes. Cause they lost my dress shoes. So I'm wearing like red shoes, skinny cuff jeans and an oversized blazer. <laughs> I'm here to do business gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is how we do All it in, right. in the U S 
Well, we, uh, you know, for those who tuned in last week, we made a vow that we may or may not hold up to, to talk a little less politics and talk about something that uh, um, I know is kind of like a lost dream for me and Tommy, but I'm going to bring in somebody who uh, has done more exciting travel than our frozen business trips to the Great White North, and that's Mike Mabunga. Uh, Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, doing well. Appreciate uh, you having me on the pod. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Nice. <laughs> Beautiful. That's what we love to hear. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening for all of uh, two months, whatever it's been. So, uh, so... Mike and I know each other. We started off at Cisco roughly around the same time. You were there doing some work a little before I came in the training class. And uh, so we were in some training classes together, and then our paths kind of diverted ways, but through enough relationships, we stayed in touch. And then around, correct me if I'm wrong on the timeline, but August of 2018, so I was just getting back to Cisco after going through uh, leukemia and uh, some other things. I'm getting back to work and trying to find my way back into life, and that was right around the same time you decided, I'm just going to drop everything and travel for, what was it, nine, ten months? Uh, It was actually six but um, but before that, Dusty, we did we did that uh, that twenty five mile walk. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Right. Before, it was Which, it was like a month after that I'd taken off. But that was a that was a that was a brutal walk. That was a good one though. Well, I I would recommend something like that to everybody. It's like, hey, just get a few guys together, and if you've never run a marathon, just try to walk twenty five miles. Yeah, it'll take you about. Five to six hours in the rain, and it's punishing. Yeah, dude. We <laughs> well, you know, tr- try to pick a better day. We, um, it's funny. So, so we used to. One of our summer jobs was doing road maintenance. Like we literally looked like the guy, the guys that are in prison picking up trash on the side of the road. Uh, but our one of my cousins had a had a contract with with the county, so we would be wearing long sleeve shirts, long sleeve pants, mid summer in the mid Atlantic, walking down the sides of roads for like. 12 because we you know he's it's like 15 bucks an hour we're like we're gonna work 12 hours a day so we don't have to work during college and uh i can empathize with you guys we never tracked it you know this was this was pre-tracking devices but i guarantee you we walked a marathon a day it's insane that's incredible and then we and then we'd eat like you know cheap chinese food for lunch and still keep on going it's like this is how disgusting (laughs) simpler times Dude, it's funny. So I wanted to. I meant. I meant to say this on the email, but um, so Mike and I are in an odd way connected from Annie's past. So I think Mike, you were were you you were in Annie's grade for a couple of years at Wakefield, or were you in Johnny's grade? Uh, Annie's grade. Or, so yeah, yeah. Or, we knew each other in Wakefield, connected through that, and then uh, I guess met through work. So uh, yeah. So yeah, some good times. It was funny. Annie was like, do you know a guy named Mike Mabunga? And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. How do you know a guy named Mike Mabunga? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a real common uh, name out there, you know? I'm Mabunga. But, yeah. But yeah. You're one of three, so don't worry about it. 
Yeah. <laughs> All good. Well, congrats, uh, congrats, so, Dusty, with everything. Tommy, I hope your shoulder's doing well. Family's doing good. Yeah, man. You know, yeah, life's dude. good on the on the East Coast. Yeah, man. I guess we should uh, we should check the box on the the niceties, dude. How are you holding up with COVID? You're you're out in California, and I hear you like go to jail for coughing in public out there. Yeah, it's one of the one of the uh, strictest place during COVID. You know, I think it's um I think it's getting better, but it is pretty difficult out here. You know, a lot of a lot of places are still closed, but you know, able to find time to get out of the house and spend uh you know 30 45 minutes out and get some fresh air but it's uh it's good everything's good out here you in southern california i'm in uh the bay area oh cool very nice man what brought you like what took Uh, you there i guess well maybe we'll start with the uh the whole world travel thing and then i can come into yeah, dude. Oh, yes, yes. This is I like, like uh, take control, take the reins. This is like, yeah. What's what's the movie where they start at the start at the end and then they kind of merge? Actually, probably Memento. A lot of, Memento. Memento. Lenny. His name is Lenny. Yeah. All right. I'm ready for. I'm out. The cliffhanger is there. Let's begin. Yeah. So I guess back in 2016, this this idea to to go out and travel, kind of. Um, came about with just reading uh, different books, hearing different stories, um, you know, the, the heart of uh, the vagabond and the, um, uh, the digital nomad was a big thing in 2016, right? I think that uh, I'm pretty goal-oriented, so I was always writing down like uh, New Year's resolutions and, and things to, to, to chase after. And, and I think that was one of the, the, the big things that I wanted to do. And so I put that on the list, you know, uh, go, go, go travel Europe, go travel Asia and do it for a long, um, period of time. Cause you know, working with, I mean, working in the U S on average, I think it's two weeks, two and a half weeks of PTO per year, right. That you're able to travel, which is, which is great. And it, I think you can, you know, you can definitely make those regions in, in a week or two, but, um, I wasn't able to to get the, the experience that I wanted to, um, with, with that, that small, small window. And I think for me, you know, again, I guess tying it back to wanting to, to, to do a long-term travel, it just was something that I always wanted to do. Um, and it took me about two years to, to get to the point to, to quit what I was doing and, and go in and travel. And so, um, 2017, you know, I kind of fought some internal dialogue, asking other people like, "Hey, what, what do you think about this?" I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about taking a, a gap year. Um, you know, uh, there's a, there's a maybe a morbid thing on a, um, on uh, Google Chrome, but you can download this thing called a Death Clock. Uh, one, one of my, one of my buddies told me about it. It was just, you know, just the, the, the days, times, and minutes that, um, that you have on average to, to live a life, right? And so looking at that for a whole year, um, you know, I think that that kind of, that, 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 that kind of, uh, pushed me to, to go chase after this, this long-term travel. Right. Um, so I put the plan in place, um, signed up for a, or yeah, signed up for a, a, a visa in Australia for, uh, for a year and leading up to it, it was just go travel for six months and then go, go live in, um, go live and work in Australia. And then 
end of, uh, I guess, end of the fiscal year at Cisco in 2018. Finished the year strong and then, you know, decided to put in my two weeks and buy that one-way ticket uh, to Iceland. And then, you know, I guess took off for, for six months, spent three three of those months in Europe. Yeah, out, outline the trip for us, just like big picture. Where all did you go? Uh, I was, so I started in, in Iceland, made my way um, to Ireland, uh, Switzerland. I bet had friends come meet me in different places. Um, you know, I, I kind of went to, I, I just took a train and a flight all the way around Europe and then, um, you know, went to Berlin. I was in Munich for, um, for Oktoberfest. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of just hopped around out in, uh, in Europe, you know, but I think it was, uh, it was, it was a great trip. So, uh, you mentioned the Australia portion, did that fall through? Like at the end of six months, or were you were you planning on just staying out there and working? So the plan was to to make my way over there for so three months in in Europe, three months in Asia, and then I was gonna get there and work in in Australia for the whole year, right? And just do like a you know a coffee shop or a, a, try to be a bartender or you know work in a surf shop. And that was that was kind of that was that was something <laughs> that I wanted to do. And I was like, you know, why why not give it a shot? Uh, had the visa approved and um unfortunately i didn't make it there um it was just the the, the europe and um southeast asia trip and then halfway through um, my time in asia i got recruited to come back to work for a startup in uh, north carolina and i took the, the opportunity i, I was kind of getting homesick at that time and yeah. so mm-hmm. caught the first flight back and um you know started working with that startup Dude, this is well, so, that was one. This is so funny ahead, because as I hear you, as I hear you uh, say this, this is that's that's I mean it's amazing. Um, based on my personality, I'm equally like that's so awesome, and I'm also at the same time saying, "You just bought a flight to Iceland? Did you? How did you buy the flight to Europe?" <laughs> like I'm, I'm sitting here like the the minute details of it. I'm like, oh, my hands are sweating from it. You know, it's so it's so bizarre. But dude, that sounds amazing, man. It was an, it was an incredible trip. I learned a lot about myself, um, about you know just culture and uh, I guess the you know the way that people live in uh, in Europe and Asia. And I think that there's a lot of, to to take away from it. You know, I, I it, it was an, it was a really really um, I guess. Uh, valuable thing for me to experience and, you know, conquer, I guess. Yeah, it's a big trip. I want to uh, try to contextualize it. What the high lows, like, because you mentioned the getting homesick towards the, the end. And I guess that's, I, I thought like I'd come back around to this later, but is it mostly, most of the time, is it just you? Like, is that just a lot of isolated traveling? Because you mentioned some friends coming to visit here and there. But how much time is it like being like you're out in the world, but you're really just by yourself? So, you know, I, the, the, the places that I was staying were a lot of hostels and a lot of homestays. And I met so many different people in each one of those places. Um, you know, I'd left by myself, but I wasn't, you know, I, I was never really alone while I was out there. Um, I, I could have gotten away if I wanted to, but for the most part, 
you know, I, I knew that um, in certain different regions, people would come visit me and like, you know, if I, if, if, if they knew the kind of track that I was going they'd just come out and visit me and kind of, uh, you know, just pick and choose where, where, uh, where to meet me. But for the most part, you know, I, I was meeting a ton of people, um, within those certain regions, people that were doing the same thing that I was doing too. You know, we, uh, and then we have a, a mutual friend that was doing it at the same time. And she kind of helped me along the way. And I met her, uh, in a few different countries and, you know, you, you really aren't alone, I guess. But, um, do you feel some sort of like, uh, strange connection to someone like that, that like, you know, you know, and I know the mutual friend who will remain nameless if we, unless we want to, but, um, you know, someone like that, that, that you knew before, and now you ha- share this kind of kindred spirit, this vagabond lifestyle, and, and even just the people you'd meet along the way that were doing the same thing. Do you feel this like connection to them? That's beyond what we could probably understand since we, you know, I haven't traveled that long before. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I, I do believe that there is a there is a connection. I think I think the the thing that I do enjoy is that you know you get to learn about all these different people. You know, everyone's going yeah. through the same thing that you're that that I was going through at the time. You know, just trying to find maybe a, a sense of meaning, a purpose. Uh, just trying to enjoy one's uh, one's company. I mean, it just uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's a uh, there is a unique bond there, but you also don't have to be in uh, those parts of the the world to experience that. You know, you can have those type of conversations with people like you, myself, Dusty, uh, you know, your friends and family. But you know, I think that that there is a there is a bond, but I don't know how to you know. You it's it feels like almost you know be it's. Uh... Because you're well, it's and I don't want to sound cheesy, but you're sort of lost together, right? Like it's the exact premise of why Dusty and I do this podcast is we dive into things that maybe we don't understand and we just talk like as little distractions as possible, you know? Yeah, I think the the thing I I'm drawn to in this topic and just kind of underline my my selfishness and wanting to even explore it is for the most part, I believe that when you move through life, you eliminate options, right? You start out and it's just you and like you're getting educated, you're learning talents and at a certain point, like you're growing. And then all of a sudden you're, you're an adult. And then you make options. Here's the person I'm going to be with forever. Now I have children. I have responsibilities. I've got bills to pay. And it really starts to skinny the track. And there's a nobility in that responsibility and taking those things on. And you're really providing for people. But what that also means is that huge open what if, which is what I really love about the the concept of Look, I'll just find a job at a coffee shop, you know, on the Gold Coast, right? It's like, that's that's such a wild, un- undoable thing from my personal perspective. And I think what you're hitting on, Tommy, is which is the romance of the idea, is that I don't know really what I'm looking for out here. I'm just, I'm going to experience as much new 
as possible. And maybe I'll see something that explains me to myself in a way I couldn't find when the track was set or predictable. And I guess uh, I, after having done six months of that and just like opened up a fire hose on like your experience of the world, Mike, if you were to do it again, do you think you'd be more interested in going to like one place and like staying there for a longer time? Like I'm, I'm just going to go to like the Australian thing and I'm going to just have a six month period in a completely different culture and get deeper into that. Or would you want to skip again? Yeah, I think for, you know, if, if I were to, to do this again, um, you know, I think it'd be more geared towards a mission trip. Um, you know, being specifically in the Southeast Asia region, um, I found that interesting. I, I found that um, you know a lot of the people there, um, you know, could use a lot of help. Um, and I think, I think what I learned, um, you know, I think if if I like if I think, or sorry, I think if I would do it again, I would be out in Southeast Asia. Right? There were a a handful of times that I remember I was in Thailand and the Philippines where I'd go out to go grab lunch by myself or grab dinner by myself. And I'd sit down, waiter would come over, take my order. They'd find out I'm, I'm an American. They get super excited. You know, they get real excited and, uh, and ask me if it's okay if, you know, someone of their family members or whoever might be could come sit with me for 15, 20 minutes before my food came out. And I, you know, at first I was like kind of thrown off. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't, I didn't really understand the meaning of it. Um, and, and then they came to, uh, to, uh, explain that, you know, they want the, uh, or they, they couldn't afford to send whoever that family member was to get English lessons. So they'd come in, sit with me for 15, 20 minutes, just have a, a fluent conversation, just a, a casual conversation to learn the English language. Wow. And then they knew that if they're, you know, their, their kid or their, you know, their, their nephew, whoever it might be, if they can learn English, that it's an out from, uh, from where they were at the time. And so yeah. it, it, it kind of hit home for me and it kind of touched my heart in that sense that, you know, I, I don't know another language. I only know the English language. And I felt <laughs> kind of embarrassed by it. Um, the fact that, you know, being in this region, they're, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna solely learn how to speak the English language because it's going to get them out of uh, that, that certain situation. So I think to, to answer your question, Dusty, it's to, you know, it would be to do some sort of mission trip to try to do, um, something around the English language, or at least try to try to help out, um, as much as possible. Man, that would be incredible. One of, I think Tommy is our very first podcast we did. And, you know, I asked you the question to some effect of like, if you had, you know, it's basically like a personal MacArthur grant, right? Like you're given a certain amount of money so that you no longer have to match your current income. What would you do with your life? Yeah. And your answer was along those lines too, looking for a way to, to just help people. That, yeah. That, uh, that's kind of, so does, do you get back to America after that, Mike, and it just like you feel differently about the life you're surrounded by? Because I feel like people in America are all generally right now 
we're all complaining about stuff. Yeah, so I think it's given me perspective on what's important, what, you know, what, what really, um, I guess, you know, what really is important in this life, you know, the, the, the things that are going on right now in the U.S. and, um, you know, the, the kind of chaos that we're seeing and the kind of state of mind that, um, that, I'm, that, that we share uh, really, um, how do I say it? as bad as it is here right now, it's still the best place to be, you know, being, being over overseas, seeing the, you know, people live, seeing how people live in places like Southeast Asia, you know, impoverished places. Um, you know, I I remember one time I was in, um, in Viet or, uh, sorry, in the Philippines, I was taking a taxi. Um, I was talking to the taxi driver, just asking him how, what he thought about the president, you know, um, Duterte, uh, you know, just what he thought about living in the Philippines and all this stuff and kind of like glanced in the, the rearview mirror. And I could see that he wanted to tell me something that uh, that that might have maybe uh, threw shade at the president and kind of wanted to speak his mind. But he didn't, you know, and I, I, yeah. I could feel that there might be some uh, 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 nervousness about sharing what what he actually felt at that time and yeah. you know, that, that that type of freedom of speech and um you know i think i think seeing all those things just makes me again appreciate what is going on or living in america no matter what the situation is it's, it's given me an appreciation of the united states i mean you if, if you hold a u.s passport i mean it's the gold standard you go around in europe and, and asia people um you know, kind of glamour about being American, right? And and again, as crazy as things are happening, as crazy as things might seem, people are still going to be lining up to get into the U.S., you know? Do you have what a... You think, oh, go uh, ahead, go ahead, Dusty. Go ahead, Tommy. Yeah, I was, I was well, going to... I was just going to oh, say... <laughs> <laughs> that, no, this is the wonderful thing about WebEx, isn't it? And and us talking every week. It's It sounds like... Me. It sounds like there's this, uh, you know, this dual thing where you're both uh thankful and appreciative of of where you live and where you get to call home because you get to see you get a glance into what life could really look like in in you know in some cases hell on earth right absolute poverty do you ever also have this 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 weird feeling as i've heard this about people that travel to different countries where the conditions aren't as aren't as great of like somewhat like survivor's guilt, like you have the option, you're you're there, you're there to kind of explore and find yourself, and but you get to get out. You you ha- you have a the, you know the, the the means to to buy a plane ticket home or go to a different country, um, and and you know as part of that is that maybe one of the reasons that you feel compelled that if you were to do this again, it would be not necessarily for you but to give back to others. Is that question? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I, I feel like you know we can always help other other individuals, um, you know, here here in the U.S. here, you know, overseas. I think that there is a if, if you can help and if you want to help, I think that that is something that you should do. And at least um, I think there is a um, not necessarily a bigger purpose, but I think that 
there are people who could use your help and um I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I'm answering the. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you, you sort of answered it in that, you know, you, you feel gratitude for where you get to come home, what you get to call home, that no matter how bad it is, we have all these freedoms uh, that, that we recognize that aren't available elsewhere. And we just take we take that for granted. Right. And, and you and if you've never been to these places, of course, you take it for granted, you know. Yeah. And 100 percent. And, and I mean, I think being in like a third world country. And not just going, not just going straight to the beach, right? And and, yeah, and, right. and like the, <laughs> the 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 great, um, you know, the, the hotel, the 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 best places to hit. I mean, I think that that, that has its place, right? It, yeah. it is important to hit, of course, right? Like like I said, I mean, as Americans, if you only have a short period of time to go travel to these destinations, for the most part, you're probably going to go to the the resorts, yeah. right? Yeah, and you're going to drive through the impoverished neighborhoods, and you can kind of just turn an eye to what it is out there. Um, but some of the stuff that I had learned or at least seen for myself, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those people, you know, it, it, I don't know. It just makes me feel, um, feel like I should be able to help in some sense, you know, and, and that we do take a lot of things for granted. Um, and that sometimes, less is more. Like I talked to a lot of people who are out there that don't have too much, you know, they, they just get by and they, they feed their family and they have a roof over their head and, you know, they, they get to, you know, uh, I don't know, they, they get to go out and fish and, and, and bring food for the family. And a lot of times they're just like, yeah, this is great. You know, this is, this is all I could ever want. Right. And they're all happy mm-hmm. and there's nothing else that they could, that, that could change. It. And so that kind of just brings back perspective to me and, and kind of just, makes me sit back and figure out what is important for me. You know, what, what defines happiness or success or what, what is it that I'm, I'm looking at? And I think that again, traveling and being in those places does help me realize that. Well, I was gonna, you know, this was a question I had lined up. Uh, you know, after I took off 10 months essentially for chemo, um, when I had leukemia, I came back and I felt like a very different relationship to almost everything, but <clears throat> work especially. Like, I remember I got back to Cisco and I met uh, uh, Jerry Elliott, who is our, you know, she's in the executive team, probably makes like $15 million a year type of individual, right? And I was so fresh off this experience, it it didn't feel like anything. It just felt like a person. And like it, it couldn't have meant less to me, like all the things that I had been obsessing about with like the corporate ladder and all that. And like, don't get me wrong, she was very nice. It was a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but it just didn't come with that intimidation or that concern. And I'm not saying that every experience needs to leave you in some different place, but what you just hinted at, can you feel a change to your relationship to the things that mattered to you prior to that trip? Is there a marked difference in who you are and what you value before and after, or does it feel like it's the beginning of a bigger search? There's a big difference. You know, I think, before before I took off, 
what was important to me was a lot of materialistic things. You know, I think um, I, I was on that true traditional American path and and, and life that you you go to school, you you work, you settle down, you 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 collect things, right? And you, you do all those things for X, I guess you work for X amount of years, and then you retire, and then uh, you, you know you go off to the beach and and sail in the sunset, right? Um, and and I think at that time, you know, some of the goals that I had for myself was like it was like buy a jeep and and you know save up uh, a lot of money to buy the the next big thing, you know, and they're all materialistic things, right? And and I, I, I got those things, right? I, I achieved those things. I bought a Jeep. It was, there's a little spark of happiness and it, you know, went away after two weeks, three weeks, you know, um, I found things that were important to me, um, at the time aren't important to me now after the fact Does that, does that kind of make sense? Like, um, yeah. I, I kind of yearn more for experiences and, 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 you know, being able to, to go and do that thing that I wanted to do and, and, and do it against all odds. I mean, I, I literally fought so much, uh, negativity and adversity and, and a lot of self doubt, just talking to other people, right. Yeah. You, you ask someone's opinion about something that, uh, um, that's something that they've never done before. Um, it can definitely, uh, put some self doubt and, and I guess, I, you know, after fighting all of that and, and accomplishing it, it's, it's put more courage into to myself to, to go do other things that might be um, uh, astronomically unattainable. What do you think that is? Like, what do you think that is when you, you're talking about a trip like this? What is it that somebody else hears that and is trying to warn against it? Like, what are they doing? Like, what's in it for them to be like, eh? You know what I'm saying? Like... I think uh, I think it comes. I think there, there, there's two sides to it. I think some some people, and you know, I believe some people uh, maybe are just defensive or just worried about what would happen, um, and, and I guess want the best for me, and, and believe that the best for me would be to do this specific thing, or there's just maybe some sort of unhappiness that they weren't able to do it, so they're going to try to 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 stop me from going and chasing that dream. I I, I mean I think. It just, um, it, it's a, it, it's tough to gauge, to be honest. But I can tell you one thing is that when, when I, when I was talking to some people about it, um, you know, asking their opinion, there were some people that were just like, yeah, do it while you're young. Why not? Um, you know, I could, I could tell the, by just looking at their eyes that there was a point in their life that they could have done something like that and they just didn't do it. And then you know, that, that look of regret, right? And I didn't want to have to deal with that later in life. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad I did it for sure. You know, the thing I love about the, like you had goals and they're different now is I can't guarantee this, but I'll bet if I'd talked to you back when we were in Ignite training together and I'd ask you something like, yeah, what do you think you want to do when you retire? You'd have probably said something like, oh, man, I'd probably just love to travel the world. Yeah. Right? And I think there's so many people who have an idea like that. Like, oh, when I, when I don't have all this other stuff going on, mm. I'll do this. 
you know, for me, it's like, well, yeah, if I, if I wasn't working, like I'd finally sit down and I'd write that book. Right. And it's like, can you find any way to just do it now? Like rather than live the next three decades with that thing sitting in your head, can you, and maybe it's not the full blown thing, right? You're not going to be able to like sail the seven seas in a yacht or however many seas there are, (laughs) (laughs) but but you're going to be able to do something similar, right? And you, then you remove that 30-year burden you're talking about yeah. of this thing that's like, ah, oh, I never really got out there and did it. And I, that thing is probably something different for everybody. But it's awesome that you like intuited that in spite of having people saying, eh, you might have some regrets. You might... You yeah, you might want to stay on the career track. It's, yeah, it's counterintuitive to what you know, what we're ingrained, indoctrined from, like from kindergarten on. It's like you, you make a certain amount of money, you, you invest it conservatively, you, you know. Then when the kids have flown the coop, six percent return. Yeah, six six to seven percent return over fifty five years, and then then when you're you know, but I but I do love that you just kind of embraced that, that spirit and, and you didn't let anybody, cause it could be very easy. I mean, parents, siblings, close friends that you're right. They, they probably have your, they have what they feel is your best interest is, Hey, you got a good thing going. Hey, you're making decent money. Why don't you put that off for a couple of years? Uh, Hey, th- you know, is it, th- this could stunt your career growth kind of thing. But you know, it's through these conversations and just through, you know, uh, even just having kids. I mean, like, like Dusty said early on, yeah, you have to work, you know, once you have kids, you have to work, you have things to pay for. Um, but, but, you know, I think it's one of the things that even me and Annie have committed to is, and again, it's going to sound like I'm putting it delayed, but once you have kids, you'll understand once they're old enough to like eat normal food and sit at normal tables at dinner, that's going to be what we do. Like we're going to take them places. We're going to go places and, you know, not just like your Disney worlds or, you know, uh, your folly beaches, but you know, we want to, we want to get them on planes. Cause I think for, for me, you know, we traveled as a family, we, you know, we, we would get on, on flights and stuff like that. But you know, my dad didn't, my dad's never been out of the country except for on like a couple cruises, uh, which is the American way to see the world <laughs> apparently. But like, you know, I, I had a real fear of like, how do you book a flight? You know, Sageworks, my first company, taught me that. You just book a flight and you buy a hotel and you just go. And, like, forced me to, to, to book a hotel overseas in a place where I don't know what's the – where's the good area? Where's the bad area? <laughs> Instead of just booking it. And so there's something about, like, the repetitions. You just did it. And, and, you're, and you're wiser for doing it. And to do it again, even if it's just to book a trip for a couple weeks or, or a week – you're comfortable with it. You're like, I can, I can go for, for two weeks. I can go to Europe for two weeks, you know? And I, I think that's really cool. And I think it's something that, you know, will, will, will really serve you well for, for your life. But it's something that also, you know, should you, get, you know, want to get married and have kids, you, you know, you would instill that sense of travel and, and stuff like that in them. So I think it's really cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and I also want to preface that, you know, well, one, 
I'm super lucky and thankful that I did it at that time because now, you know, I don't know when we're going to be able to just yeah, walk that timing in some of the been borders, better. right? You know, like you can't just <laughs> go in and out of, uh, of, of different countries and, uh, you know, I, I don't know when we're going to be able to do that, right? Um, and, and I'm very, very fortunate and, I'm, you know, I, I do believe in timing and, and all these things happen for a reason. But you also don't have to go overseas to get some of those experiences that I had. Right. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, being in being in Iceland, being in you know so, so, some of these places that I've seen some amazing landscapes, you can literally just drive uh, four or five hours up to um, uh, Boone or, or um, you know, yeah, just go somewhere in the U.S. And, and it's just as amazing. Right. You just disconnect and you can still get the same value um, being here domestically. Like everyone kind of just. Um, fantasizes about going and have that Euro vacation or that, uh, you know, that, that overseas international trip, but you can absolutely find some of those experiences here in the U S and, and, uh, and I do urge people to, to go visit places they haven't here in the U S is there, is there any place now that you've, I mean, you've seen all these, cause I, that was one thing I was struck when I went to like Europe is like, this stuff is old. Like when we were in Rome. I'm like, this is the oldest <laughs> stuff I've ever seen in my life. Like the oldest stuff in the United States, aside from like native American, like, you know, paintings and things like that, you know, 1600s, you know, maybe 1400s if we're, if we're going to give it till Columbus, but you're in Rome and you're like, this was built before Jesus Christ walked on the earth. Like this is old stuff. Is there anything that you've seen now that you've seen like the Philippines and Southeast Asia and, and all this stuff in Europe and Iceland in the U S that you're like that, that holds a candle to, to the coolest landscape I saw in Iceland, anything in the U S that you've ever, that you've experienced. That's, that, that's like, that's, that's still up there. I'd say Jackson, Wyoming. Um, being, for me personally, like I love the mountains. I like being out there. Um, I think that that there, there's a, there's a, similar awe that I had, uh, to being, you know, in, in, in Iceland as I did when, when I was in Wyoming, someplace in Colorado. Um, you know, there's, there, there are some amazing landscapes out there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think there is a lot of old architecture and a lot of history out in, yeah. in Europe that, that you just gotta, I don't know, enjoy. Well, there, there's some, there's something to be said and Dusty, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, man, but, but there's, there's definitely something to be said when you, these vast landscapes or these, this old architecture that, you know, it wasn't like these 90 day homes that get built in the U S it's like, it took someone like I, I, I cried in the Sistine chapel. Cause I'm like, Oh my, it, this took him years and the intricate detail there. There's something about putting yourself. That's, that's why the ocean's so appealing. It's so powerful. It's so vast. You can't see the other side that, you know, call it, you know, for me, it's, it's God. Like it brings you close to, to feel that vastness and that openness and not be able to even comprehend how big and grand and beautiful it is. That, that changes you because you can't, you can't bottle it up. You can't put it in your hands. It's not a pair of shoes. You know, it's not a Jeep you can drive. It's like, you're just, you have to just be there and be, and it's glorious. It's like, you know, it, it's, it changes you, man. I'm getting like, I'm getting literal chills right now. Just thinking about some of the stuff that I've seen and so excited for some of the stuff that you've seen, man. I mean, you have to, you, you hit it right on the head, right? You have to experience a lot of those things. You can read these things in books. You can watch all these YouTube videos and you can watch, uh, you know, documentaries on, 
on some of these regions, but it doesn't really hit home unless you're out there. And I, and I understand that some people won't be able to uh, have the means to, to go out there or have no desire to it. But I mm-hmm. do I do believe that you can learn a lot about, again, yourself, um, you know, experiencing some of those things. And, 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 and I, I do believe that being in those places, you, you can do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always, always incredible and um, always advised, at least on, on my end. Yeah. I do. I always wonder about these things that, because I've thought about this with having children too. Uh, any of these things that people say you, you just have to experience. Mm-hmm. Like we have trouble articulating what it was like. And it's something that is so far removed from a similar experience that you can't give it to somebody who hasn't also been through it. And that really frustrates me as somebody who has spent a lot of time writing when I can't accurately explain to you what the value of this thing is. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's going to be unique for you and your, your experience leading up to this point. And when you're there and you feel it with all five senses immersed within the moment, it'll mean something completely unique to you then. And so you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Like that's a re- it also kind of offends me as a salesman, right? <laughs> it's like the value prop is just like, imagine, just imagine feeling great. And like that's, that's a difficult thing for me to even appreciate sometimes. So it's like the the concept of travel has probably never hooked me as much as I would like it to, you know. No, yeah, I, I hear that, and I, I think when you when you're saying about um, some of the experiences or appreciating some of those things and, and being able to articulate it to someone who maybe not, um, or being able to articulate it to someone who hasn't been in those shoes or been, you know experienced it is is really hard to. Um, to paint a picture for them, right? And I think, um, I think, you have to be able to recognize a lot of those things that mean uh, that. How do I say it? Um, you have to be able to recognize some of those things that that you want to uh, uh, share. I guess. I mean, I think, I think when I was in Copenhagen, Denmark, right? There was a time. I think this was about a month and a half into my trip where it literally all hit me. Everything that had led up to that point, everything, all the planning, all the doubt, all everything had hit me when I was in Copenhagen, Denmark. It was October 13th. I still remember this in my head. You know, it just, the, the, the pure joy and happiness and the, the, uh, the feeling that I had that day was just incredible. And, and, I, and I audited that day. I just wrote down in a journal, like, what is it that day that I, what, what is it that I was doing that day that made me feel that way? And it was really simple. It was just, I went out, uh, had a nice cup of coffee, was having a, a, a big, er, uh, an open, um, I guess, deep conversation with a lot of the people that were at the hostels or at the hostel, um, shooting some photos, going for a run. I, I mean, just real simple things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Recognizing that for me, it's like, okay, well, understanding what, you know, I guess what made me happy what it was that day i just try to incorporate that every day after that right just try to try to try to do more of those things that uh i guess i guess made me happy i don't know if that kind of ramble no i 
No, not at all. I think it connects perfectly with what you said about less is more. And detaching from the noise of... Because I think this happens to everybody, right? Like you start living a life and you don't even mean to, but you start picking up habits, concerns, routines, and you pick up a lot of weight. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes just like actual physical weight. (laughs) Like you start picking up a lot of things that weigh your life down. And by packing everything into a suitcase and getting outside of it all, like it was a pretty simple day, right? Like you had a good conversation, a hot cup of coffee, and you weren't stressed about too much. And it just kind of allowed you to be. Hmm. I was wondering about this when we were gearing up for the conversation because I, I was trying to simplify down, like what is the real net benefit of travel. And maybe it's something like what I've just described. Maybe it's something like what what Tommy was describing earlier, which is by embracing a bunch of new situations, even like booking a flight, staying at a hotel, being somewhere where you don't know the language, but trusting that's going to be it. Like you might be building some bravery with every new location you visit as well. I think there's uh I haven't really quite put my finger on it yet. But I, like I think as we're talking, I'm I'm coming around to something, and I'll I'll swing it to this because I'd be interested in your perspective. The reason I'm so curious about it is I'm trying to understand my life up to this point because I've got a son turning two in a few weeks. I just had a daughter three weeks ago, and I'm like, what? Is this because so many people our age, when you ask them, what would they want to do? They want to travel. They want to, they just want to see the world. They want the actual personal experience of being there themselves instead of experiencing life through their phone or through their computer. And I'm trying to understand exactly what it is so I can build it appropriately into their lives. And so I, I say, I lay all that context down. I guess Mike say one, like if you ever had kids, what would your, what would your plan be having had more experience in that arena than I have? Would it be regular vacations? Would you think about like homeschooling for a year and doing like family travel? Like, you know, we're, we're really getting immersed in it. How important is that? You know, I think, I think it is really important to, 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 to go out and travel, maybe doing an exchange program or just something to, to go out and um, experience it for themselves. Right. I mean, of course, travel isn't for everyone, but I, I would definitely urge it for, you know, if, if I were to have kids, I think that was, that, that'd be something that I'd want to instill. That, that was something that I had growing up and the, the fortunate, the, uh, I guess, uh, the luck to be able to do that while I was growing up. That was something that my parents, taught me was just, Hey, go out and travel. Here's, here's kind of the importance of, uh, different cultures and, and getting out there to, to experience it for yourself. Um, I think that it does teach you a lot of, again, a lot of different things that you might not be taught just here in, um, California or there in North Carolina. Right. I mean, I think to get out of that bubble or that space that you're in, um, does help, uh, I guess mold the, um, 
the understanding that there's more to life than just what's in that, it, you know, in, in, in the place that you're in. Right. Um, yeah. and, and, and then having kids, <laughs> go ahead. I would say we, we all have those kind of running jokes in, 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 and they've been turned into memes and it's like the picture of the, uh, you know, the big truck and the, you know, the bedazzled jeans and, and whatever. And, and it, like the Chili's logo. And it's like, this is what the couple from your hometown is doing this weekend. And it's because, <laughs> you know, it, it it's, you know, growing up, I grew up in a real small town, like 6,000 people. Olive Garden was Italian food. That was good Italian food. Like, doesn't get any Still better. Is. I mean, it's the, the salad and breadsticks. You can't beat the breadsticks. I mean, it, yeah, I'll go to my grave with that one. But you know, but that's good. And then, and then you realize, well, there's actually a, a, a slightly bigger town a few miles north of us, and it's actually authentic Italian. You know that, and that's really good Italian. So now I get Olive Garden. That's like my McDonald's of Italian food. And but then when I want to go to the Mecca, I go to, you know, for us it was Annapolis. And then you go to Italy and it's like you just continue to build these experiences and you begin to – but if you never take that step out of your hometown, then Olive Garden is always going to be the best Italian food you've ever had, right? And so that's – I mean I think you've said it a couple times, Bunga, is like you don't have to go to Europe to get these experiences. You just have to be willing to remove yourself from the same pattern and the same routines. And that's something very common. I read this a long time ago. But that, it's very common for guys. Guys tend to be creatures of habit. I mean, I eat the same thing for breakfast every morning. I, I do it in the same order. And that's good. It's good for me from, from a structure standpoint. But, you know, guys go to the same watering hole. They go to the same fitness. You know, and, and you can kind of track your... But to get outside of that is where the experience happens. Because that's where the unexpected... That's where you can't just walk through on your phone and kind of be on autopilot. You have to be aware you have to be alert it's it's alerting more senses than just i see a tree that's the tree that i see every day you know what i mean so as you expand that horizon you know well maybe that's what um what i'm the idea i'm searching for here is like i i keep on thinking of these two options in life as if they're opposed right like you live this domestic track life which is the thing we're raised to or at least you and I, Tommy, were raised like, hey, yeah, yeah, get a good job. Yeah. You work it hard, 6 to 7% annually. Yeah. Over 50, <laughs> the whole thing. Or it's like, oh, no, I'm going to throw it all to the wind and I'm just going to, like, yeah. get out there. And I'm seeing those as opposed things. You're a corporate man and, or you're a hippie. Like, there's just these two opposites. Right. And that's like a silly way to think, right? Mm -hmm. It's like chaos and order aren't opposites. They work together. It's like you're rowing a boat. You push and you pull. And like taking some of the, the bold steps to break routine and not get stuck in that track. And yet not abandoning the track either because that's giving you good things too. I think that's the thing that if I, if I romanticize one option too much... I lose the fact that they actually work in conjunction. Yeah, I mean, there's always yeah, going yeah. there, there, to like, be that's out there, right? That 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 you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fantasize about those different things, and you're gonna maybe try to take yourself out of your own situation. But I think, um, I think 
it obviously is important, right? I've been on both sides of the, the fence of having a, a corporate job and a set structure and, and being that routine of habit and, and having that, uh, uh, you know, that, that direction. And then also been on that other side of, you know, being off for six months, right? And just, and just having no, uh, uh, I guess, no agenda, more or less, other than to experience it and, and, and enjoy it, right? I think... Um, yeah, I think I think you've said it without saying it directly, man, but it, it takes it, it really it's almost like it takes one to appreciate the other. Um, and you hear this all the time with, with like with like retirees. You know, you ask them, what, you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to golf, I'm going to golf and I'm going to golf or I'm going to go to the beach and, and drink a drink pina coladas till my face falls off. And it's like, well, that that's good. And then that lack of any type of structure or agenda, they get bored. They go, they go back to work, right? You know what I mean? That's, you, know, you, you see, like I had a guy that picked me up in a rental car one time to take me back to Enterprise. And I'm like, I was asking, he's like, you know, he was a teacher at like USC in California. Um, he was a, a war veteran and he's like 85 years old. And I'm like, oh, so what do you, he's like, I'm doing this because my wife hates me around the house. I annoy the shit out of her. <laughs> I'm like... And he's, he's like, he's like, and he's like, and I just get bored. So I just start tinkering and he's like, so, you know, I think, you know, there, there's something to be said about Dusty, like you said, the structure, the, you know, we, you know, we have kids, so you have to get up, you take care of the kids, you do the job, you, you go to bed, but there's also something nice where you, you go off and, you know, I think, you know, me and Annie talk about this all the time. When we go on trips, we like a couple days where we just get coffee and we walk around, maybe we go to some shops and we, then we eat a late lunch and then we go back to the hotel, you know, you nap for a little bit, you get a dinner and there's no plan. There's no, like, we got to go see, uh, the Coliseum, the Spanish step, you know what I mean? But there's also part of that mm-hmm. in these, in these travels too. Like you said, you don't just go straight to the beach, but you do make your way to the beach eventually. Right. So <laughs> this, that is that push and pull. You're right. For me, at least, it you know before I left, the domesticated life, having the 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 the, the nine to five, the you know the, the kids and, and and everything else, it wasn't something that I had thought I would want, right? It just wasn't a priority. I didn't you know I didn't think anything of it, um, and then going off and and spending that time overseas and coming back. I mean, I I now know more that that is what I want, you know, and mm-hmm. I've already, I've already done that thing that I, that I yearned to do. And that, that, that I had on my back, that was maybe the reason why I didn't want some of those things. Right. Interesting. And, yeah. and because I was, because I had experienced all those things, um, you know, now the life that y'all are living, right. Is, is, is one of the most, uh, uh I guess, it, it, it's a priority for me now, I guess, you know, it, it yeah. is attractive mm-hmm. for me. And, and I, I really do think it's because I went and did that. Yeah. I would say before, here's a little tip someone gave me forever ago, especially since you like traveling, but before you propose, go on a long trip with someone. Cause you find out a lot about your mm-hmm. ability to, to problem solve. Cause you know, you, you work together, you're, you're stuck in an airport and a layover for four hours. It gets delayed you know, what does that person do or what do you do? <laughs> you know? Um, and then you get to the city and the hotel's not ready and you're like, so 
that was one thing. I forget. I think my dad said that to me or something. And that was one of the things that you know, me and Annie went on our first trip. It was like, this just works. We just figure it out, and it's and it's great, and it's it's it stayed that way. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that advice. I know you guys love movies, but The Heartbreak Kid, Ben Stiller, uh, that was the exact. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of the 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 same uh, thought process with that. You go 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 ch- take a trip with that, that 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 person, and then figure it out if you if you if you can mesh well together. I think uh, this is just me being me but like i'm i keep i can't get away from searching for like a unified theory here i think making room for the unexpected Mm. right like it forces that upon you because you're breaking routine and anything could happen and you know in finding out what your relationship is made of like well that's huge like uh I have some very obvious examples in my life of when some unexpected stuff happened. <laughs> right. And how did that affect our relationship? Um, but I think the the other thing that's interesting on making room for the unexpected that you mentioned, Bunga, was I would have thought it would have gone the other way. You go on this trip and it's like, wow, that was awesome. Like, I just need to recharge my batteries at home. And like, I'm just going to keep this train rolling. But it actually made you realize that, oh, I actually want this, like, to be able to have some roots and, you know, a family. And, you know, I I don't want to read into whatever all that (laughs) means to you. But it's interesting that making room for the unexpected brought around something new in your own personal aspirations. Um, I think these major things that happen in our lives do help, um, you know, the... Yep. One sec. Sorry, y'all. That's all right. Housekeeping. What what was I saying? You were just saying, you you were kind of tying, putting a bow on the fact that, like, uh, the things that that felt in, super important prior to these sort of big events, the, these things that you put yourself in the discomfort, and it teach it sort of teaches you that what you what you may have thought it, it, one of two things it either teaches you that what you thought was important maybe isn't really important, or maybe some of the things that you maybe felt were important it solidifies that that's important. Like Dusty, for you, I would say that you know a lot of things after getting leukemia, you're like, yeah, that can. I can let that go, but one of the things, your relationship with Katie, you're like, that's rock solid. <laughs> like that, yeah. that's good. That matters, you know. So, yeah, I do think that. Just, I'll say this, and then I want to move on to uh, a few quick hitter questions for yeah, you. Yeah, I had I had and, one last question. As too, always, to, yeah. As always, Tommy and I are coming up on our bedtime. <laughs> oh no, dude, it's all good. So, uh, I'll say this and then Tommy have your question queued up. Um, I was talking with Varga, Ryan Varga via, uh, text or some means of communication. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. The words were happening and, uh, we were getting into the conversation of like the purpose of what problem does photography solve and, 
I was just thinking of it as like what problem art kind of solves in general. And I'm still kind of playing with this idea, but I think it's essentially solving the problem of many lives. Like you are born and there are so many options, so many choices, and you could really steer your life to be almost anything. And so art kind of steps in, whether it's like reading books or watching movies or even looking at advertisements for types of clothes as these possible versions of yourself. And they're like low cost tries at life. You get to witness a percentage of it and then like throw it into your own personal brain Mm. mill for where you want to take your life eventually. And I think there's something that, you know, happens in like the chemo experience or the travel experience. Like you throw a mass amount of data in this unexpected category into the mill and you emerge from it with all these new options that you can apply to yourself. And some of them are going to look really good and some of them will look really bad. But all that contrast allows you to look at your old, smaller data set and be like, this was insufficient. What I was thinking about for my life before wasn't enough. And so you get to the other side of that data dump and you have this new way of constructing your potential future. And I think that that's a really cool way to achieve it because it's harder. I don't know if there's many things you can do beyond like a a trip when you talk about like experiencing moments with all five senses and shedding the distractions that will let you have those experiences in full. To me, that's like, you know, you're, you're going to be different at the end of that. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, you're definitely going to be different from, from some of those things. I think art photography, some of the things that, that, that I personally love. Right. Uh, I think, I think that that's kind of subjective too. I think art for a sense is if you're, if you're, if you're truly honest to yourself about what you're doing and you're enjoying it and, and uh, you know, whatever it is like Tommy, you know, doing the CrossFit and stuff like that. I mean, that's a, that is a form of art, right? You're damn right. It is. <laughs> Especially when Tommy does it. Yeah. It's beautiful. You know, great form and everything. It, it, it takes a, it takes a level of commitment that you're going to have that discipline to do it every day or every other day, whatever it might be. And, and committing to it is a, it, it is a form of art, right? There's photography, there's, there's writing, there's this podcast. This is a, this is a piece of art. It's all subjective, but you know, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think something something like that does, uh, you know, does help. Yeah, I think Dusty might have just surmised why documentaries even exist. Objectively, they're boring and terrible, but you get to learn a little bit about something that maybe, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, have you seen Free Solo, though, with Alex Honnold on oh, yeah. that wall? I mean, that's yeah, pretty nice. Does. That's yeah. pretty gnarly. Yeah. Sweaty feet the whole time. Sweaty feet the whole time. So that one single scene in that, sorry, I just had to no, mention no, no. one single scene in that movie where the guy falls off the rock and you don't realize he has like the, the parachute and they're mm. showing people slip and struggle. Like I legitimately thought they were just going to show me a guy die. Yeah. And like you see people die in movies all the time, but that felt like so much worse. It felt it's real. It's like, this is actually yeah. happening. <laughs> So but before, it was brilliant because it like it raised the stakes on the rest of the, the yeah. climb in the movie. But. 
So I would say before we get into the quick takes, because yeah, we we're old men, and also we're East Coast. Um, let's 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 put a bow on on this cliffhanger. So you're living in the Bay Area, nice. And um, I don't want to lead this anywhere, but you've talked about how travel led you to maybe seek out a significant other. Uh, let us know what, what landed you in the, in the Bay area, you know, being, cause you're, you're a North Carolina native, right? Or, or you've lived here for quite some time. So I started in the Bay area. I was mm-hmm. born and raised in the Bay area. I've lived here for six years, moved out to North Carolina, was there for another 15 years. And then, uh, made my way back to, to California for, for a little bit of time. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not dating anyone or anything, if that's what you're trying to get at. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out here helping, um, you know, helping with some family issues and uh, spending okay. some time with some family and then also with, with photography. That, 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 that's kind of what I'm focusing in on out here, you know? Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's what I'm here. I think it's going to be um, a short-term type of deal. And then I think my, you know, my goal is to maybe get out to Austin, Texas. I, you know, there, there's something to, to Austin that I, that I enjoy. Um, and then I've got a friend down in St. Pete that's, that's trying to get me to move out there. He's, he's, he's I know who that is. I know who that is. <laughs> Three weeks ago, he would have had you move into Houston. Yeah. Yeah. That's him. <laughs> also, also a frequent listener. Oh yeah. He's the man. So yeah. I'm- Shout out to Dylan. Yeah, I'm, I'm out here in the, the Bay Area right now. It's just, uh, you know, figuring out what the, the, the next step is. Um, but yeah. It, cool. Good deal, man. Cool. Yeah, my big brother just moved to Austin about two, well, that was probably longer, about three, four months ago. Loves it. Digs it? Nice. Yeah. What's, I mean, what's not to love, man? Yeah, that's... that's... <laughs> It's where it's the, the uh, that's where the philosopher of our generation lives. Joe Rogan, Matthew McConaughey, and Joe Rogan, <laughs> and Tim Ferriss. Oh yeah, there's so many great minds over there. <laughs> I'm gonna. All right, all right. We're gonna move through these uh, fairly quickly. Four or five quick hitters, um, and then uh, you want to stay on for the weekly segments, Bunga. We've Okay, beautiful. So uh, I'm just going to pick a few of these at random. What is the best or most memorable advice you've ever received or given? You want me to go first or Tommy? These are all for you. These are all you. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'd say, you know, if, if you wish to start or achieve anything, you know, write that down, put it out to the world. That law of attraction is a real thing. Um, look at it every day. I know Dusty, you do that, uh, accountability mirror, but I think act fast on it too. I think that that's one of the best advice you're going to, if you have anything you do want to achieve, you want to start again, just act quick, tell yourself that you're going to, you're going to be able to achieve it and, and just don't make any excuses not to go after that. That's some of the best advice I've, I've been given. Hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. For for so many obvious reasons. This is I almost feel guilty asking this question because it's a ridiculously difficult one, but what is the last idea that you were convinced was 100% true but no longer believe? This is going to be a loaded question. Um that uh 
like that college is absolutely uh, an absolute necessity um, and or that it should be completed right after right after high school. I think I, I understand the, the the value of an education. You know, you're, you're able to have those experience and network and and you know learn a few things. But to ask someone that's 17 or 18 years old to to make a a commitment to, to college if you don't know what you're going to study is a uh, is something that I, I I necessarily don't believe is um. I, I mean, right now, I mean, if if you were to ask me at 18, you know, like what I wanted to do, it wasn't, it wasn't really college. It was, you know, to go hang out with, with girls and go drink some Bud Lights with the boys. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how, how, how is it that you can ask me to, 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 to commit to a college education and make that, that big step. So I think that's, that's a, that's an idea that. Uh... Doesn't it feel like with this, uh, this increasing, uh, student loan debt that everyone's aware of and no one seems to want to confront. Shouldn't there, because I think I don't want to get too deep in these. These are the quick hit questions, but I'm just thinking this is just me. Pontific- Dude, I could talk about this one for an hour. So, so maybe, maybe we won't, maybe we won't dive in, but it seems like there's this stigma that if you were to just say, not go to college for three or four years after high school and then go recruiters would be like, Hmm, What's that gap? Should, shouldn't we as a collective country, given all that we know about the human mind and the development, be like, after high school, there's a two-year or five-year gap. You do what you want with that gap. You can go to college or you don't have to, and there's no stigma around it. Anyway, that, that, that's really – Dusty, maybe we'll save that for a different conversation because I could imagine you've put some thought into that one. <laughs> I've, I have put a ton of thought into this, and there's – there's a good portion of the novel I finished that like kind of handles some things with student loan debt mm-hmm. in the narrative. Yeah. And I did like a ton of research to write that appropriately. And like I get so infuriated about this topic for a bunch of reasons. Well, we'll save but, that one then because we... But you are right. I remember being at school and there was a 24-year-old guy who I was pretty good friends with yeah but he was 24 like, he might as well have been 50 yeah loser can you <laughs> yeah. pick us up some bud light <laughs> that actually was part of his role yeah well naturally naturally <laughs> sorry that one struck a nerve huh yeah dude it's a no, great point I man agree with you more yeah. on that one uh in your opinion is doing something good invalidated if it is being done for selfish or ennoble reasons i guess expand on that give me give me an example i got an example i was already thinking about if you let me hit that one let's hear it i'll just tie it back into traveling to southeast asia if if you're traveling there for mission work which is which is noble in and of its own right but but whilst there you're also using it as a vacation or maybe you're using it as a vacation and while you're there, you'll do some missionary work. Is it still a valid, good action? Is that kind of like, does that make sense? It, it does make sense. I know, I guess what you're, what you're trying to get at. I mean, I, I believe that, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I think that, 
that, that, that's a tough one for me to answer. It's a hard I mean, question, dude. It, it's a tough one for me to answer, at least. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that if it's in good heart, you know, if it's, um, if, if you are going to go set out and do a good, a good deed or some, something of that nature and it comes from a uh, good place in your heart, I mean, I think that that is a valid reason. But if, if it's just to go and, uh, like you said, just, just purely to, self-serving, self-serving, and you're just going to do, you know, social media and just show you're in this place and not really, uh, maybe share what you learned or who you helped or, um, you know, a, a message on that standpoint. I don't know. I mean, it, I'm indifferent on that question, or at least um, uh, on that one. Yeah, it's it's a that, that's an impossible question to answer. I mean, I'm sure there's philosophy classes where this, you know, you you could you could go both ways on this one, couldn't you? <laughs> I don't care for people's reasons. I, yep. I think if something is something is done it, and it's good, then if there's it's a good. net, if there's a net good, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. You know, hey, if Superman only saves the world because he has to live on it, I'm glad he's out there saving it. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So uh, because this is appropriate to the topic and then we'll move on to the weekly segments, best vacation you've ever been on? I mean, that that, that, that trip was pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> that, that entire trip was uh, the best vacation that I've ever done in my life. Um, I don't know if I can necessarily point it out. I mean, I think uh, the maybe the best place that for, for me that I liked during the trip, um, was Tokyo, Japan. Um, being in Japan for me, I mean, I think everyone there is doing, um, how do I say it? It's like, I think they're living in the future, you know, like I think right now, Mm -hmm. I think they're, they're, they're the, they're the ones that are conquering or at least winning this, uh, this whole COVID thing. I mean, if, if, uh, if I were to spend some time and, um, you know, go back. It, it would be to, to to Tokyo, Japan. I mean, the the people are really nice. The food's amazing. Everyone's um, everyone's really fashionable out there. I mean, there 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 are some amazing people. And then you know, there's there's some interesting cultural things that 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 I enjoy there. You know, like everyone's kind of uh, like on on a, on a train ride. You know, everyone's really quiet and they're not going to interrupt your space because they think that the you know, you talking on the phone or you texting is going to bother you or something like that. I mean, they're, they're, they're just, I believe that they're living in the future and, um, and they have, uh, they have heated toilet seats and, and bidets for all of them. So they're not fighting over, uh, fighting over toilet paper right now. Yeah. The bidet, the bidet, bidet to you, sir. <laughs> I'd say that's my, that was my, my, my absolute favorite place that I went. The crowd didn't bother you. I've just heard it's like insanely crowded crowd. Well, if you if you go out to Kyoto, which is like I don't know two or three hours outside of Japan, that that's pretty amazing. I mean, you can get you can get away from the, the crazy hustle and bustle and in, in, in the little districts of Tokyo, but you know, I mean, for me, it, it, it didn't bother me. I, I thought it was I thought it was an amazing uh, trip. That's awesome. No, I've always wanted to go. Add it to the add it to the long long list. <laughs> Hey, when I'm when I'm retired, I'll travel. The yeah, world. right, right. <laughs> All right. So uh, weekly segment. So we just take a uh, single card from the "We're Not Really Strangers" self-reflection edition, called the segment "Finding Ourselves." It's sometimes it's deep and introspective. Sometimes it's it is what it is. So the question for this week. Pretty positive, guys. 
<laughs> which is always a fear. I'm always afraid we're going to draw one of these cards when we have a guest on. It's going to be like, tell us the moment you're most ashamed of. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but this, uh, this week is, what's the most exciting improvement I've been seeing in myself recently? The most exciting improvement I've been seeing in myself recently. I can start a few if you, moments for that. I can start if you in. want me to. It, my, yeah, my mine's. You know, Tommy, this is a great skill for you that you're able to just like fire away on yeah. these things. <laughs> yeah. I never come up with my answer until you're like midway through yours. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, as you know, I'm I'm in a constant state of trying to self improve for myself <laughs> and for my family. So <laughs> these these sort of questions are like I'm living this, and I went to therapy today, so I'm like firing. <laughs> for me, the most the, that I would say I'm most proud of the thing that I've been working on is I've been slower to react, uh, and and I've created a I've been better to create a space where I can uh, respond to an external stimulus, whether it be my kids acting up, um, the dog doing something stupid, a, you know, a work situation. Whereas I've historically been very knee-jerk reaction, you know, I want to fight right away. I've created a, a little bit, it's not big, but it's a little bit bigger gap where I'm not as quick to use the sharp tongue or a sarcastic comment. And, and I can actually uh, respond with, with proper intention. So that's something I've been working on and, and I'm seeing it in, in, in increased numbers uh, in, in my interaction. So... <sighs> That's huge. So many less, so many fewer regrets. Oh, yeah. You can just pump the brakes. I handled that. Yeah, you can just sit back and say, I handled that the way I wanted to handle that. <laughs> I think, uh, and as always, thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah. I think mine is kind of comes on the heels of some things I'm, I'm still trying to get better at but I'm not, I'll, I find myself still frequently maybe disagreeing for the sake of disagreeing or like being really, like I can't, I'll just use something concrete. Katie will say something about, I don't know, uh, there's a, a book we read to Walter called Bad Dog, and she doesn't like us throwing around like bad dog all the time. Like it, and then it's supposed to be like fun and hilarious. Bad dog, ha ha, in, in the book. And she doesn't like it. So she just says a not good dog because bad dog is actually a term we use to like correct our dog. And so I found that silly. And I couldn't just, like, get on board. And so I would make a lot of snide comments, like, and I'm even, like, blowing up the family text chain about, like, somebody says something about cursing. It's like, oh, you know, Redazel family's kind of funny. We're a bunch of four-letter geniuses, but we can't say bad. Like, <laughs> I just, I can't let it go. And, and so I'm, I find myself doing things like that all the time. Like, something will eat at me, and I'll just, like, throw little jabs at her right mm -hmm. what what I've gotten better at and hopefully it eventually gets me to like not doing those snide comments at all 
is I have gotten a lot better at after those things happen, quickly coming back and saying like, and she's not like even mad, right? It's like, she's kind of, she knows I'm kind of joking, but coming back and saying like, Hey, that was, that was stupid. I don't like, I don't Mm. know what I'm insecure about over here. I'm sorry. Like I'm trying and being more proactive about, about, I guess, humbling myself and asking for forgiveness, even on things that should should probably let me slide on. It'd be fine. I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. But I know I'm not proud of my behavior. So, Tommy, I need to get to your step where I like. Oh, just dude, think no, a little I, bit no, longer. No, dude, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm right there with you. <laughs> in in those like, you know, you you just yeah, you throw the jab and you're like, what? That was pointless. So I've definitely, you know, I've learned that, you know, we're, hey, we're, we're millennial men. We understand the power of apo- of the apology. There's no sense well, in holding I'm, a grudge. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to pat myself on the back for getting better at apologizing and roll with that positive momentum instead of beating myself up for the shortcoming yeah. of like, you know, just grow up, dude. You're... You're well into your thirties, <laughs> but it feels good, to, you know, to, to to own up to that and, and, and apologize, you know. So uh, I think maybe for me is uh, disconnecting from social media more. Um, I think during this whole, you know, this whole pandemic, it's easy to get bored or hop onto Instagram and uh, I don't have Facebook, but mainly Instagram and just spending two two and a half hours a day on, uh, you know, just scrolling. Um, I, I've made a purpose to not be on for maybe weeks at a time, months at a time. Like right now, I'm, uh, I haven't been on for the month of January. Um, it's kind of, awesome. it is good to disconnect because, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that is just stuff and it's great. And um, I think, Again, it has its purpose, but being able to disconnect for me, it's it's been a big self improvement, and it's given me time to, you know, focus on other things that, you know. How how wild is it that this thing that's only been around for what fifteen years, social media, has become so invasive in our lives that uh, we have to, like, you taking a break of it, we're like. Phew, good for you. Like, what a great job. And it's like, oh my gosh, it is ubiquitous. It's, it's crazy. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that to minimize what you're doing. Cause I'm, for me, I need to do that. You know what I mean? Cause it, Hey, look, I'm, I'm pulling up my sales force. Ah, the damn thing's taking too long to load, pull the phone up, get a couple yeah. do- dopamine hits. Uh, so, but I'm, I mean, you know, it, it, it is crazy, and I, I that 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 whole concept of, of social media, that whole thing. I mean, it. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm indifferent on that, and I think um, it's good to be in um, or to, to to use it in small doses for for me personally, um, mm-hmm. because I can go down a rabbit hole and just be on there scrolling for again like two two and a half hours and not even blink, yeah. right? And uh, and then maybe just on that other side of it is like. It's kind of, um, I don't know. I mean, 
I guess I, I don't really know what I'm trying to, to get at, but it's, taking a break it's incredibly is, unproductive. <laughs> taking, taking a break is good. It kind of also helps you realize that a lot of that stuff on there isn't really that important, and it's really good to actually connect like this and talk mm-hmm. about what you've been up to for the past three years other than seeing, hey, here's some photos that Mike's been doing um, yeah. overseas or across uh, the U.S., right? I think that it, this is this is the, a better uh, form to communicate than social media, in my opinion. And so it's good to get oh, disconnected man. and actually call someone yeah. or text someone and just ask them, you know, what's going on? You know, how, how's, how's everything going? And not just, uh, you know, double tap a screen and like it and then keep scrolling. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I, can, yeah. I can, dude, these come, these conversations are so much more edifying for me than, I don't know, my entire year of, catching little glimpses of what people are doing Mm -hmm. on across Instagram or Facebook. Uh, And one thing I think too, when I mentioned that, that idea about the problem of many lives and experiencing them through art, when you're, there's a downside to that too, right? Like everything, there's a, a good and bad to it. And when everything on a certain medium is a contrived ideal and they're supposed to be people you know and they're supposed to be people with lives like yours and yet you're getting you're getting something filtered it's not actually that person i don't think that's helpful i think it skews the data in in using that like that data input uh model for for why the travel is important. I think the data is ugly when you get it through social media. And I yeah. still love it, but you need to put a a strong measure on it. Or some like expect or uh, some some realization that that really isn't the the whole story, right? You're only seeing just that little glimpse of it. Um, and <laughs> there, there, there's more things that are underlying that that you can learn just from having a, a conversation. Yeah, man. I think you should definitely pat yourself on the back. Yeah. That's, uh, that's definitely an improvement. Yep. All right. So re- recommendations. Recommendations. I got mine ready to go, and I'm and I'm that I'm gonna be that guy on this call or this conversation. I don't even care about the brand that you might choose, but I am all for air frying food. I can 100% say that it is so amazing. And let me just give you a couple quick examples, uh, because <laughs> I know everyone says air fryers are amazing. Uh, French fries in the air fryer. I don't need to go to any restaurant. They're just that much better. Crunchy on the outside, gooey on the inside. Uh, phenomenal. But for, but for me, Annie does not like seafood at all. And I have high cholesterol. And so the doctors were always like, you need to eat more fish, more seafood. To bake a piece of salmon is a solid 25 minutes. To air fry the same piece of salmon is seven minutes. And it is flaky and delicious. Fish tacos, sign me up, baby. Tilapia, seven minutes in the taco, boom, done. So I'm going to sound like a D-bag because everyone's talking about, you know, Air frying is the new CrossFit, is the new vegan, is the new keto. But let me just say that it is fantastic. Rant done. As I say, I've never air fried anything. 
Oh, now I lost audio. Okay, air frying. Um, Bunga, you can hear me, right? Oh, I guess it's just Tommy. Um, he's he's pointing at his headphones like, I don't know. I don't want to say an idiot because that's mean, but he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, Bunga, you go. I uh, and then I'll I'll bring us home. I've got maybe three. Um, they aren't as good, maybe as good as the air fryer because that was pretty incredible. Um, it's a book. Uh, on the shortness of life by Seneca. That's a that's a recommendation I've had, or I'd I'd, uh, I'd have the movie The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I think that that can tie everything. I didn't see that movie until after the whole travel thing, and it just hit me. You know, it kind of oh, so good. Uh, probably not one of the the more well known Ben Stiller movies, but um, that's an incredible one. And then a YouTube video. The um, uh, do you guys know Admiral McRaven's uh, University of Texas commencement, commencement speech? I have heard somebody talk about this, but I've never listened to it. Yeah, definitely definitely give that a listen if you, if you have some time. I think it's like 20 minutes, but good rag. All right. That's awesome. The uh, Man, three wrecks. Just a bounty. Um. Gosh, air fryer. Tommy, can the air yeah, fryer? Can you actually do? Does it make the, Does it make the food less healthy? Like, how's this How's this cooking happening? Is it it's like just pressurized the, it's a, heat? It's a t- tiny convection oven that gets hot really fast. So basically, the way a convection oven works is it sends really hot air all the way around the food, and so it's actually just baking your food in a convection oven. It's just doing it fast and hot. So like, French fries are still not good for me. But they're not deep. They're not deep fried, right. right? That's bad. They're cooked in oil. But you know, if you've ever baked French fries, it just leaves something to be desired. So, I would say, you know, like like I said, so for a piece of salmon, a little teaspoon of olive oil, salt, pepper, paprika, boom, done, just like that. Most of the oil runs off into the bottom pan. Meatballs, meatballs, fantastic. Whew, gosh. Get me going. <laughs> I, uh, I sadly, in my, uh, in my completely covered in toddlers and infants' life, have not been experiencing new stuff. And I don't want to recommend any of the fantastic things they make for babies. It's like overnight diapers for a two year old, right. a must. <laughs> Like these are bad recommendations. So instead I'll share something that is, uh, I'll bet everybody has done it or has seen it, but I only just now watched the movie Swingers for, I know, right? (laughs) The first time ever. Unbelievable movie. And like you hear about it, like I even understood references to it, like the the guy's bleeding head in the hockey game, like I'm gonna make his head bleed. Oh, baby, you're so money, you're so money, you're like this bear with these claws. Like I'd heard all these things around, but I just like I don't know, I didn't get it, I guess. I'd see like snippets on TBS and so finally I just like No, I'm I'm gonna watch this movie all the way through. I did blown away so much better than i expected 
and spoke to something that I think almost almost every guy I can I I believe I can speak for the three men on this podcast that weird angst you experience where it feels like the world is over when a relationship is ended and you're never going to be the same again I think that movie nailed it better than any movie I've ever seen and so yeah I love it and if you are that odd person out there who hasn't seen swingers or if you happen to be going through a severe breakup and feel like you can't put it back together. Hey, why don't you just swingers. why don't you just and talk directly it, to me cuz guess what? Never <laughs> seen it. <laughs> this is perfect. And you know, I even felt I even so, you know, I want to be honest on this podcast and look, I've said multiple times I know movies. And damn it, I do. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I need to show my underbelly there. I've never seen it. Tommy, tune in. I want to report within. Yeah, I yeah, I got oh, you. I'll catch that one. I will. I will. Where, where do you see it? Netflix? Where? Where is it? Where, where, right. where can it be viewed? HBO Max? HBO Max. You know what? Got a, got a free subscription right now. I'm going in. Not right, not right now because I'm about to go oh. to bed, but. Dude, Mike, I am, uh, you know, podcast aside, dude, it was, it was awesome to catch up. It way too long. It's good to even like see your face, even if it's virtual. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, dude. I appreciate, uh, y'all having me on the pod. This is great. You know, I think, uh, what you guys are doing is amazing. Keep the, keep up the good work. You know, I'll continue to listen every week if you, if you, if you're committed to that, um, but yeah, it's really good. Re- really good to see you guys. If you're gonna do another, uh, um, I guess gnarly um, competition, you know, road 24, run oh, 25, yeah. mi- you know, walk 25 miles. Count me in the next time you do it, because. Uh, oh yeah, we're we're gonna get a, a road 24 going this year, uh, even if uh, you know. I don't know what the state of COVID will be by this fall, but even if we got to do tests and get a little team together here at my house like we'll get a rower going and make it yeah knock it out cool but hey also at the very least as soon as some uh some of these longer races start opening up i don't know if you're still running but i would love to get a race going in austin to visit my brother like i don't care if it's like a spartan or like a half marathon so we'll we'll find yeah we'll find some excuse to get together yeah for sure well congrats to to y'all again um Tell 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 all the fans I said hey what's up and uh, yeah we'll we'll, we'll do brother soon. We'll do brother and you've got a uh, you've got one of these bad boys coming in the mail to you. It's uh, in transit along with some counterculture coffee, so you can feel like uh, you know a little taste of the Carolinas again. Love it, good deal. Love it. Appreciate it, dude. Thanks uh, for the time, man. Ah, uh, brother. See you, Dusty. Talking to you.